Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome to another edition of PZ85 Plays. I am your host, Double H, and for the first time in a long time, allow me to turn it over to your game master, or should I say your dungeon master, Cody Sandusky. Yes, I am back after a brief uh, hiatus to let you know that I am Mr. Monopoly with my bags of holding turnout. I have no ideas. I'm very excited for this chaos dumpster fire that I'm going to be running. <laughs> Jokes aside, this is this is PZ85 Plays D&D once again. Yes, we are back in the fifth edition, but we are straying a bit further away from your typical Forgotten Realms. We are making our way to a very ominous, dark place. We are entering the mists of Barovia. If you have not seen the title on your podcast app of choice, we are entering into the Curse of Strahd campaign. If you are familiar with this portion of the D&D universe, then I think you, you have some expectations of what you may be hearing over the course of the next many months. If you are not, then allow this show to serve as your introduction to the characters therein. Uh, but first, let us introduce those that will be playing and running said characters. He introduced himself. Uh, Double H is going to be on the other side of the DM screen for the first time since our oh. one-shots, and... As a forever DM, he seems very excited. Dude, I said it at the end of Dawn of Defiance. Um, I, I never really thought that I would be inhabiting the old forever DM trope, and then it just kind of happened, uh, which is why I'm constantly like, hey, when we take a break, anybody anybody want to run something else? So toward the end, for, for the people who don't know of uh, Dawn of Defiance, I pretty much just told Cody, hey, you run in the next campaign. Good luck. Yep, <laughs> like, that's, that's exactly <laughs> how that happened. <laughs> no, I'm I'm really excited uh, for this. Yeah, getting to play in the one shots is always is always a blast. But it has been a long time, and I'm talking about five six years at this point since I've played in a in a campaign as a player, like regularly showing up without being on that side of the screen and know what's going on. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm Go excited to somebody have you. Else. I'm excited to have you playing as a character. It's going to be fun. Uh, as we will come back to introducing characters, we'll keep going through our cast. The uh, co-owner and creator of Podzilla 1985, the man who is dreading being here, or at least he keeps telling us that, uh, Shannon Young. I So two things. One, I was told before this that Cody didn't want to pressure anyone into playing. I want to go on record as saying I did not want to do this. I wanted to take a break, and I got guilted into this fucking thing. And on my second one, I want to say that before the end of the year, I will do cocaine. No. Can't no, stop you will the not. second one physically, but I can tell you to the first one. I can kill you first, but I can also kill you last. I don't like those <laughs> threats. I'll make another character. I'll make six. Oh, oh, oh cute. You think oh, we, already let, had we already you had it. You think I'm going to let your character just die and escape? My oh, buddy. My character is up. There's John, his brother Jake, his brother James, his brother Jim. <laughs> They're all coming for you. And each one, of, each one of them would like you to call him Landfill in honor of his previous <laughs> brother. Yes. That's the running nickname. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Good old Landfill uh, McGee. Next up on our list is no longer a Bothan spy, but a uh, an interesting character nonetheless coming into a realm in which she is probably not welcome, Lindsay Wolfgong. Hello. Take your brief fucking <laughs> optimism and shove it. I mean, it won't last long. It's okay. <laughs> Embrace it while you can, because the minute you enter the mists, it's all gray. It sounds like uh, Demon Souls. I love it. That's right. Coming to us from the other side of the country and on the other side of a mountain, it is Kaz. We all gonna die. God, Maybe yes. multiple That's Lindsay's times. line. It's, I was gonna say, That's he took my line. line. 
Oh, you should. Oh, my bad. I, well, I mean, we are all going to die, but like, I usually at least wait till we're a couple shows in before I start saying it every day. So well, maybe guys, I, you all are going to die. I'm just going to probably cut on my arms and stuff. Well, Hunter Kaz was talking about soon. I just appreciate that this <laughs> is like I. the worst director's cut of the Jay Lethal Ric Flair riff off. That's Ooh, my yeah. line. Oh, okay. Sorry. I think my favorite bit is that you guys keep saying, like, in, in Dawn of Vice, you kept saying, oh, we're going to die. Everyone's going to die. And it was only the person you haven't introduced yet who died twice. 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 <laughs> a man who's died twice in Dawn of Defiance, and I'm sure we'll be gunning for that record this time around. It is the man himself traveling, Tanner Calverts. And yes, that coming is your from, new wrestling nickname, Traveling Tanner. Coming from Kenny Rogers Outhouse. Coming from, <laughs> coming from Kenny Wa- Rogers hey, Chuck Wagon. I thought for sure that Cody was going to introduce him as the man himself, Traver, Travel Calvert. <laughs> Ford Escort Theaters. Bad milk blood robot, Tanner Calvert. <laughs> <laughs> Again, see, this is oh, we got to get all the chuckles out now because I'm trying to make a dark, depressed campaign, and it's not going to happen. It's just incompatible with our. That's group. the goal. You should have just Do done a campaign know. based on my life. Hey, yeah, it's just going to happen. Papa Viagra. Papa. Hmm. <laughs> Haven't had to do that in a while. <laughs> mm, mm. And not for the good reasons. <laughs> Lord. We've lost two of the five characters to muted mics. I'm here. You're I'm just Sarah talking to, yeah, I'm listening. Hang on. No, I'm we saying you're died. trying to escape. You're telling Sarah it's a mistake already. He's going to tell you, hey, I can't do the campaign for the next couple of months. I got to take the trash out. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go find some milk and cigarettes. Every I'll see you Tuesday later. Night. That's accurate. <laughs> oh, Cody, oh, we're God. sorry. Oh, it's okay. I, I I anticipated this, which is Cody. why I'm trying to I'm trying to hammer on the ominous nature early and often. Cody, I want to apologize Cody. for the first time you DM'd because unfortunately, the first time you DM'd met a tragic end due to connectivity issues and errors. We were unable to air the finish to our last Dungeons and Dragons campaign, where if you remember correctly, Kaz was a horseman. Horseman, yes. which horseman. ended which a ended with Cody. A mini horseman, which ended with Cody screaming, and this is why monks are fucking broken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I agreed I, with him. Why, would now, why, why, should I, why would I do that? Two crits uh, in a row on a straight forward, uh, and you end up damn near one-shotting a fucking <laughs> Yeah, killing a giant in one shot, Jesus. As, as a three-foot horse. Yeah, as a three, as a little Sebastian-ass horse. <laughs> Man, this All is right, good. Well, great. I gotta change the name in the group chat. Yeah. <laughs> Get in there. You gotta talk to uh, a man about a little ass horse. Okay, uh, so. horsey or Cody? <laughs> fuck me, uh, Cody. It's gonna be. <laughs> well, Hunter, keep changing it while you're there, buddy. I'm working on it, <laughs> Cody. It's gonna be hard to top our last outing. Of course, we had the. Epic Dawn of Defiance, which lasted well over a year, and to me was the best thing we've done. But our Fallout campaign, which was a short shot, was extremely popular and beloved by all. Yes, and I can't can't wait to be the third season of the show that gets shifted to like 8.30 on Thursday nights (laughs) and gets canceled six episodes in. Oh. The most oh. the most commercially Look. successful campaign known <laughs> to humankind. We have 
We've covered a ton of stuff on the show. A lot of people don't remember. If you go back to the very, very first episode of Plays, we were playing um, the old West End Ghostbusters. Yep. Yeah. Like, we, we were playing the old school, um, what is it called? Like, Frightfully Funny uh, game that they put together. And and that was a blast. I really enjoyed that. I, I feel like most of that. those, you did not. You just didn't want to do it. Nope. Um, <laughs> it's almost that like was what we really were team. just like dragging you in to come in and play these yes because you wanted to get um, jesse's ass out of there and i don't blame you <clears throat> that's not true he played too <laughs> he played at the same time but we did that we've had the savage worlds games that we've done uh we've had star wars we've had some D. uh but i mean really like it, it's funny to me that we're now what a year and a half no two years two, two years, years plus two into years. this show right yeah, yeah. two years plus into the show and while we've had some D&D games, we have not had a full, like, D&D campaign. That's the bread and butter of tabletop. Like, most of the time when people start playing tabletop, it is Dungeons & Dragons, and they, they play, like, a, a lengthy campaign, you know, connected episodes of things. Um, so, especially for those of you who, because I know a handful of people, at least Tanner, off the top of my head, had never played tabletop prior to this, Um and and then yeah, and Lindsay and you know I, I'm just it's it's cool that you guys are getting a chance to experience like the actual you know I don't want to say the way it was meant to be done, oh. but just sort of the yeah. the the classic I'm, style of of tabletop. Well, I, if not necessarily you know you know virtually obviously, but right. but not I'm the whole very time. Glad, very glad to be here. Like finally getting to like as a player we we, we <laughs> did downstairs. we did a D campaign uh well i say a brief one but it lasted over a year because we just never could find time to play together yeah, uh briefly the, a year the yep. first time i've ever played DD, and it was myself and double h uh sarah uh mike branham yep. uh cody i believe Asa. What no, I was Asa. not. It was there. It was asa jesse jesse that's who it was, it was too. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. ugh ugh <laughs> terrible it's terrible what he said you got the taste yeah, no, of we, banality in my mouth we had a we had a running uh fourth edition game back then that we started for um god well, we started that for for um what's that was called extra life on it extra life yeah extra yeah. life yeah, that, yeah i could that. not think of the name <laughs> of the, the charity oh, i forgot about we that. started it for that we started way back at that and then off and on it was just like yeah every couple of months we would play because we, that was when i was still in radio and we were mm-hmm. playing at the in the conference room at river radio yeah, huge table nobody was there on the weekend curb so. walked I in on the floor floor. yeah i remember seeing y'all's pictures from that and seriously like this is when i was like me and shannon were starting to kind of like reconnect again after like many years and seeing some of those pictures get shared, I was like, oh, fucking green and jealousy. <laughs> like, just the fact that we're going to be able to do this, like, kick this off live, I am chomping at the bit. Oh, yeah, we haven't even talked about that yet. Yeah. Uh, I well, I oh, like, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't know. That's okay. <laughs> let's, before we <laughs> get let's, Yeah, let's break yeah. it into here. Uh, <clears throat> next week's episode, the first episode of the Curse of Strahd campaign. Uh, which serves as an introduction to these characters and an introduction to them into the realm of Barovia is going to be happening live at an undisclosed location with a large table Hunter's and all house. of us physically Our together house. in person. Yeah, it's you Hunter's house. It. Yeah. Okay, fine. At We're Hunter's gonna get the address. location. <laughs> Not um, all of us, okay? Yeah, this is this is uh, so. What you're hearing tonight again is just like a primer. We're going to talk a little bit about the Cody's going to share as much as he cares to share about the campaign. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about our, our characters, kind of like what we did in that penultimate episode of Dawn of Defiance, where we talked kind of like a, a look back at everything that had happened at that point. But next week, 
Um, a week from today, we will be playing live. Uh, we'll be recording live. We'll do the whole thing that way. Stream and so the live, first episode probably. that you hear is, yeah, probably. So the, the, the first time that you hear is going to be all of us right there at the table, rolling physical dice, actual books, all sorts of stuff right there with us. Um, that's also very exciting to me. Because, yeah, like, yeah. Has, I have had the, the core three fifth edition books, and I think I've got Xanatar's Guide to Everything, too, for, like, two years. Never mm-hmm. used them. I've used D&D Beyond. I got them on sale on Amazon, like, I think on a Prime Day, actually, ironically enough. Um, and and uh, we've just been using the digital stuff since then. I don't know about you. I'll probably still use my digital character sheet, like, through Beyond, because it's just easier to track stuff. Um, uh, yeah, I bring my iPad. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I might use my iPad to put Tanner's face and tape it to a chair if he has to not be able to make I've it. Got one. I've got one for that if we have to. That's, <laughs> we can make that work. We're 100% going to Big Bang Theory slash uh, uh, Demolition, Demolition Man. Demolition Man. Uh, stick him to the, stick him to the thing. I've only got 2,140 miles to go between to get there, but <laughs> it'll work. <laughs> bring cocaine. No. Don't no. bring cocaine. I don't think you could put that on a plane. Uh, I don't think he could put it on a him. I don't too. think that's. A, I mean, that's all. You know, Hunter addressing the direct response. That's yeah. That's I don't know. That shit happened in like the seventies with George Young out of here. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right. So I I know there are some people that like uh, some of our fans, some of my fans, and some of maybe my coworkers or bosses or whatever listening, thinking to themselves, "Is Shannon joking about cocaine on his podcast?" No, I'm dead yeah. serious. I'm going to do cocaine before the end of the year. I want you to know that. Okay, let's move on. Uh, uh, this is how Shannon help. doesn't get any new jobs. Yep. Get some help. I, I, you anyway. know, I'm, saying, I'm taking the reins back. Yeah, I'm getting out of here. So we are going this to be playing live going next great. week in person. <laughs> it's going to be great. Like Hunter said, I haven't rolled physical dice in outside of Wednesday nights where we've been doing like board games with my old D&D group in almost two years. I'm yeah. Fucking stoked! I have a DM screen. I actually get to break out that I bought from Castle Perilous. Man, I was gonna tell you if you didn't have one, I've got a. I think mine is the old Fourth Edition one, but it's a D and D one. It's got the yep. the dragon and stuff on the outside and everything. So I've got it might be from it Castle might be a over a couple months ago. So I've got yeah. that ready to break out. I've got a, a tray, uh, <clears throat> well, a dice tray. I had to think about what the word was. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I am ready to do this. So that's gonna be great, but. For us to play, we must first know what is going on. So, (laughs) as we talk about the campaign, I'm probably going to toss to each of you and see maybe some of the general ideas you have for your characters because I say general, some of the things that are going to play into that first episode are likely not set in stone until we get to that first episode. Namely, uh, for uh, those that are listening and for those of you that are playing, how you make it in to Barovia, because unlike many realms in D&D, this is not a place where you traditionally walk up to the gate, speak to the thrall or someone in charge, and find your way in. Want to be there. I mean, you know. <laughs> Generally that, too. Most people don't go looking for <clears throat> Uh, knowing what I know about some of these characters, that may be their unique trait, is that they're crazy enough to want to find this place. But... <laughs> To, to set the scene in terms of what Cur- Curse of Strahd is as a campaign, uh, to give you a little bit of backstory, Ravenloft is a setting in D&D that was crafted all the way back in 2nd edition in the 80s. It has been revamped in different uh, ways throughout the editions. 3.5 had a good set for Ravenloft. 4th edition, I don't think did too much with it. I think they had some settings, but not terribly 
prominent. And really, 2, 3.5, and 5 have been the additions that have really hit on Ravenloft. And Curse of Strahd, which came out pretty early on in D&D 5th Edition 2016, I believe, is the largest revamp of the Ravenloft setting since then or since uh, second edition in the 80s. A lot, I mentioned it a little bit ago, a lot of the tropes you associate with Bram Stoker's Dracula and that entire universe, that entire canon is going to come into play here. So if you have some affinity for gothic horror, and I mean literally like Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, Bram Stoker's Dracula, that type of setting where things are very gloomy, dark, not necessarily medieval, looking like 19th century-ish, and all the things that go bump in the night and your lack of ability to address what it is. The Edgar Allan Poe style, where you're feeling and hearing the telltale heart. If that is the kind of thing that you are interested in, I promise you as the Dungeon Master, I will certainly try to convey the material that is provided for that setting, that intrigue, that eeriness in the Curse of Strahd campaign. Again, because we can do some things out of character, I'll just tease that there's a reason it's called Curse of Strahd, and that is because of the primary character in this setting that these <laughs> players will be encountering is one Count Strahd von Zerovich. He is the Dracula, for lack of a better phrase, of this setting. He is the reason this plane exists, and he is going to be the primary antagonist for all these characters. In what ways? We don't know yet. All these characters are going to know going in is whatever the people they encounter or the locations they encounter tell them. Uh, again, they may have heard whispers, and I'll let them explain that about their characters that maybe what starts to drive them toward even accidentally or unintentionally finding their way in this realm. But Outside of Ravenloft, outside of Barovia, this isn't a place known by most travelers and most beings in the Forgotten Realms. This is not D&D as you know it. As that is in mind as well, uh, because we try to be respectful of those of you that are listening, of course we want to make sure that you have an entertaining experience with this campaign. Before we go into more discussion, and specifically the character discussions, I do want to make it an important note to tell you, as the listener, that we want to provide a trigger warning up front. We will also, I'll work with Shannon and Hunter, whomever may be posting episodes, to provide this in the description as we go into specific episodes where some of these content things could be touched upon. But we do want to let you know some of the things that can happen in this campaign. I say can because this, as we will get into, is a very open-ended campaign setting. These characters can travel the entire realm they may not see half of the locations, depending on how their paths take them and what they choose. We may not encounter all of these things, but I want to give you a brief, though not comprehensive, list of potential triggers that you may experience in this campaign. Deep breath. Child abuse, murder, kidnapping, gaslighting, racism, sexism, torture, mind control, cannibalism, sexual assault, mental illness, animal cruelty, body horror, incest, suicide, drug addiction, and alcoholism. As someone who has read through a good chunk of the campaign and prepared for what may come, I'm going to warn you, uh, murder is pretty prominent in this campaign. Body horror is going to be something that likely occurs. Uh, drug addiction, alcoholism, 
suicide, mind control, and cannibalism, I'm going to note, are probably the biggest things. Excuse me, kidnapping. Kidnapping as well. Those are going to be the ones up front that I can address with you that no matter how this campaign goes, there's likely going to be some incidences of those things happening. So please be warned. Again, we will do our best to provide a trigger warning in advance in the description of the episode so that you know as a listener what you're getting into because we don't want to... We don't want to scare you in that way. We want to present a universe. We want to present an experience where you as a listener can be as engaged as the characters in the game in terms of the things they witness, the things they're haunted by, they go bump in the night. But we don't want to provide you something that is truly scary or truly triggering. So we will do our best to warn you of that. But please take this as an acknowledgement that in advance of us going into this campaign, this is an adult-oriented campaign. This is something yes. that's, it's, I mean, if you've ever seen 93 Bram Stoker's Dracula, a lot of the things I just hit on, you've seen in that film. So this is not, this is unfortunately not a very friendly place for these characters to find themselves. So now that I've gotten that part out of the way, uh, not to treat it flippantly, but because there is a lot there, I do want to get into the characters who are entering into this realm, whether by some form of their own twisted volition or by the realm drawing them in and I'll go I suppose I'll, I'll start in the order that we are all numerically listed so sorry Kaz you're not a number on our, our discord so you're laughing <laughs> we'll uh, make we'll the joke one, two, three, four, five Kaz <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. hey sweet we, we, can, we, like, we can count to Kaz yes. <laughs> I, I, gotta, I gotta avoid not saying Kaz like Taz <laughs> Taz <laughs> <laughs> All right, so starting with number one on our list, uh, Double H, would you like to tell us at least a little bit about your character that's going to be finding their way into Strahd's lands? Sure. Um, all right, how should I go about this? I don't know that I want to. I don't want to like read verbatim the stuff that I added, no. uh, but I'll give I'll give the the basic details. So uh, the character that I'm going to be playing is a uh, half elf. He's a half elven cleric. Uh, of Ilmater, who is the god of endurance. So Ilmater is very, um, I guess, kind of Christ-like, actually, in the D&D um, pantheon. His symbol is is two uh, hands with a bound red cord. He's very much a uh, do-for-the-people sort of take uh, um, take on, you know, burdens for others kind of thing. And uh, so my character's name is Rasmus Thomason. Um, he's about 34, so he's, like, fairly young in the half-elven um order of things i guess i should say they they kind of draw a little bit from their from their human and from their their elven uh parentage in that way um <clears throat> rasmus is uh he's from the the city of sundabar so this is a place in the silver marches um in the in the forgotten realms sundabar in particular is a very militaristic city um he doesn't really have anything to do with that in particular he was raised uh in a a prominent temple of ilmater there as an orphan he was uh orphaned uh, by his parents there according to the people who, who raised him, the priest who raised him, they said that his uh, father was very free-spirited. He was the human side of his parentage. His mother uh, was very similar on the elven side, a very tradition-breaking type. Um, when their little thing, their little tryst was discovered by their people, they gave him up for adoption. Uh, whether or not that's true remains to be seen. That is what he knows. Uh, but in that, he doesn't really ask about it very often. He doesn't have any real problem with that. He believes um, very much that Ilmater put him somewhere he needed to be for a purpose, in fact, under his very specific care, and so he carries that out. 
um, <clears throat> assisting the common folk. That's kind of his day to day. Um, no expectation of reciprocation. He's the kind of guy who's very popular around town. He's young. He's helpful. Um, he's a prominent healer. He's a historian. Um, he's also, I've described him a couple of times as like early Captain America like. He's kind of good looking and he doesn't know it. He's kind of naive about that. And so often that is like something that helps him with conversation and compromise if he's trying to help solve a problem as a mediator. Uh, but again, he's kind of naive about the fact that that his appearance um, helps him with that. He, he's got the, the perfectly tousled chestnut hair, the big bright green eyes, the big warm smile. Um, and he's, he's pretty uh, he's pretty in good shape, all things considered. He's a little lanky, um, a little taller than he is bigger. Because uh, I have his, <laughs> that's basically for his stats, I have his strength a little lower than I have his dexterity. Um, but yeah, basically this is the kind of guy who doesn't have any like big dreams. Not that he's not ambitious, but his goal is basically just to to continue his work in the name of Yomater. He's not really an adventurer. So when asked about what would draw him uh, to Barovia, I made mention that he's the sort of uh, person who would be called there whether it's literally or metaphysically he has some letter that has summoned him there for a purpose he has a vision or a dream um he doesn't really have his own sense of adventure if he's going somewhere it's to to aid others with a specific purpose um i don't know that there's anything else i really thought to to mention about that but yeah so so he's uh he's a little bit goody a little goody goody in that way he's he's a uh, man of the people okay yeah I like that, and also I like the fact that you uh, noted that uh, something in terms of maybe a letter or something of that ilk could draw him there. That uh, that plays well into my hands, so I appreciate that yeah. information. That could play well into what Rasmus does to get into this land. Uh, going to number two on our queue is the character about which we know the least, and he likes it that way. It is the first of the, as I put it in our PZ85 plays chat, quote, Jimmy Hart changing two notes in a melody-ass character, because we like doing that just like WCW did themes <laughs> to the point that Dave Grohl was on set of TRL and called his lawyer because Raven's music played. It is. Shannon, tell us about... I won't even say the name. I'll let you say the name. My character is on a search for cocaine, and he heard that the most cocaine was in this world. Was in WCW in the nineties. It right. was Hulk Hogan <laughs> you it, and Ming back there going to town on on Snow Mountain, if you know what I mean. Uh, Space Mountain. Sorry, it's Space Mountain. You missed it. Well, Ric Flair was Space Mountain. Hulk Hogan was definitely Shed, Snow Mountain. Shed's character's nickname was Mister Springtime because he makes the snow disappear. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my character's name is Adrian Valmont, and boy, Cody couldn't hit the nail closer to the head. And the fact that, in full disclosure, I'm just a Belmont that uh, legally changed his name. It's like the Lollipop Guild from Futurama. I am similar to, but legally distinct from from the Belmont <laughs> clan. Uh, you know, I I wanted to. I've always wanted to play a Belmont, and legally, of course, we can't. But I thought, you know, this is my chance to have some fun with it. Uh, in the past few games, I've played some fairly interesting characters. The first. The first D&D that we did, I was, uh, what was I, Hunter? I was a dragon person, dragonkin. Um, you, you, you were a, um, uh, that's or, not what it is, dragonborn, yeah, dragon. very briefly. Yeah. And then moved over to a human bard. To afterwards. a human bard. And, uh, you know, yeah. in uh, in our Star Wars campaign, I was a Twi'lek. I was a, a female Twi'lek 
basically a, a vid star, a, a Vine star, a TikTok star. And I, I thought my character arc in that was pretty good. Um, oh, yeah. I like portraying interesting characters, but this time I just wanted a character that I could have fun with and I could live out my fantasy. When you told me what the Curse of Strahd was like, I thought this is the best chance I'm ever going to have to be a Belmont. So uh, I, I toyed with some of the names. Adrian Valmont is actually the name of a character that I came up with years ago when I was writing uh, right out of my fan fiction stage and into the, well, I want to write legitimate stuff. However, I just want to steal the ideas from things that I like and create my own versions of them, much like uh, the girl did with the Twilight series, which eventually became Fifty Shades of Grey, a.k.a. one of the biggest blockbusters of all time. Um, so a- Adrian... Valmont, and I almost went with Beaumont, by the way, but I, I ended with Valmont because it's closer to being suable. Um, he is Belmondo. <laughs> I almost almost said <laughs> Belmondo, and you get that <laughs> reference, and I appreciate that. Um, he, I don't want to reveal too much, mostly because honestly, I haven't come up with a lot of it. I have a general idea of who he is. He is a monster killer, it, it, very much like uh, Geralt from The Witcher. He's a monster killer. His family is celebrated monster killers. And he is well known for that. The why he ended up here is kind of privy only to him. He's not really very forthcoming with it. But as a general hint, it is a, as we discussed earlier before the show, and we'll work this, we'll weave this in somehow, uh, a lost love that has driven him to enter this awful, awful place where out of everyone that's going in there, I think he has the best shot because this is kind of his thing. You know, everyone else is kind of drawn to this place for various reasons, and they're not familiar with this kind of this monstrosity. He is. He's He kills monsters. He knows what they're like. So he's going in this very uh, smugly. He's very arrogant. He's not exactly like, you know, he, he's not a bad person, but he's kind of a celebrity, so he knows he's a celebrity. And Hunter said that his character is attractive but doesn't really know it. Adrian knows he's attractive. He's got long white hair. He's a very good-looking guy. He is basically like he's like a movie star back in this era during this time period. He is what would be a movie star. He is but he also backs it up with with action and with uh strength. He's all the good things, however, extremely vain and kind of self-centered. So I'm sure that will get him in a lot of danger. Much like the Belmonts of Castlevania lore, he wields a whip, although I, I based less on the Castlevania and more on the fact that when I played Elden Ring, as Hunter knows and as Kaz knows, I got addicted to using the whip in Elden Ring, and it's a lot of fun. I think whips are incredibly cool weapons. It just so happens that that's also what the Belmonts use. So, Monster Hunter... Legally not a Belmont Konami, although I don't think you give a shit at this point if it's not a Pachinko no, machine. Don't. Yeah. Is searching for someone and voluntarily enters this horrible realm in search of that person, knows what he's up against, and at the same time has no idea what he's up against. So as as sure as he is of everything, I think the campaign will prove that he maybe he's not so sure. And maybe there's a couple other little uh Little uh, little things that we're going to throw in there that I don't want to reveal too much because, again, I like to be surprising. I like to flesh out my characters more than the initial thing. Remember, Harani Tar started as a TikTok star, but in reality, as it ended up, she was, I think, the most complex character from that entire campaign. So I'm hoping to do something similar with Adrian Valmont. How dare you disparage Milk Toast Zabrak Kruskog Zube? <laughs> well, he did have this, the Kruskog system. I'll never have that. 
Uh, failure. It's how I paint everything in these things. It's going to be great. Um, moving on to our next character, uh, Lindsay Wolfgong. Tell us about your uh, probably the most unique character and race combination we're going to be seeing coming into this for better or in your probably case for worse. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I am... I've only made like three D&D characters ever, so I just kind of started picking random stuff and I came up with Zephyra. I'm probably going to butcher what her race is, but I'm going with Genesee because the other version makes it sound a little too much like Nazis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're saying she's a gen, but, a gen Nazi? A Genasi? A Genasi? Genesee sounds better to me. But we'll, we'll, I'll let it roll. It's fun. I've, I've always way. pronounced it Ganassi. I've done Ganassi. Okay, I, I, yeah. okay, I can go with that. Um, yeah. She's an Air Ganassi and a sorcerer, as far as class goes. But by profession, she is a storyteller and entertainer. And in my mind, the way she comes across to these new lands is she's got a patron that wants more stories of the macabre, the dark, something different than what he has already been told and he has paid her way there to find these tales for her um being what she is she's usually frowned upon by society if not flat out shunned um the rest of her family are pretty much normal humans but far back on her father's side a great-great-grandmother had relations with a djinn, and hence why she is what she is. Those genes have traveled down through. Um, and long ago, that same woman had two children. The daughter was normal. The son was the same as what Zephyr is, and he was pretty much banished, never spoke of, until Zephyr was born again. More or less, she was hidden away from the world um, until her own sorcerer abilities started to form in which one of her cousins who is also trained decided to train her and more or less told her you can hide away and be scared or you can take control of your own life and he took her out on several adventures and had her help him and learn as she went along and it was coming back from these adventures that she learned she liked retelling the tales of their adventure a little bit more than necessarily going on them. So as she became an adult, that's where she leaned more towards her current profession. And got pretty popular at it. She's got a little following. She's got a handful of patrons that hire her on a regular basis throughout her travels. And in this one individual's case, he has specifically sent her out on a mission to get some new stories for him. And stories she shall obtain in this this dark place of Barovia and Ravenloft. So whether they make it through, we'll see. But yeah, <laughs> I, I think at least someone has been well informed of what can come of tales in this realm. Uh, going to our last numerical character as he is in his chariot toward wherever he is going. If he remembers to unmute the microphone, it is the big T. Tell us, what is your character? So this is my first real uh, outing into D and D. So you know, I, obviously, I'm making several characters because I expect Cody to kill me off pretty quickly. Uh, so we're starting off with a, a man by the name of uh, Alfred, 
his, his, his name is very old English spelling. Uh, but he just goes by uh, Red to make it easier for everyone. Uh, Red, upon appearance, is very tall. Uh, muscular build, but uh, you very rarely see him. Uh, you see, from the time he was a child, uh, when his family was attacked by creatures that we're going to uh, not talk about right now, uh, he, he lost his father. And so from that point on, his mother and he were on the run from whatever these creatures were that attacked him. And, you know, eventually, his mother was lost. Uh, but along the way, she taught him different ways to survive, different ways to protect himself. And he carries those with him today and he continues to travel. And uh, he holds a grudge against these certain creatures. And uh, that may or may not be one of the reasons why he ends up where he's at in the long run. Um, he uh, very much the loner type uh, at first glance. You know, you don't really see him talking to people, you know, getting to know them too well. But uh, at the same time, Sometimes he finds himself growing close to these people and bad things tend to happen to the people he grows close to. So that, that leads him to be more reclusive in the end because he, he, he worries that if he grows attached to these people that, you know, something happens to him. It's, it's almost like something's following him, like a curse or something. Uh, it's real interesting. Yeah, I, I think your character provides a lot. I, all of your characters do in some form or fashion. But I think your character also provides a, a good amount of promise for how they're going to be tied in to Barovia. And I think that certainly speaks as well to our last player at the table, and that is Kaz. Tell us about your uh, your dirty homebrew player taking that Matt Mercer money to play that. Mm. Tell me how Thank you've broken you, my game already. Yes, I tend to do that. That's, that's just kind of what I do. Tends, tends to be. Thank you, Mercer, for, for helping me out, setting me up with the Blood Hunter. So my character's name is Bjorn, um, a male uh, human Blood Hunter. Uh, and this is a, uh, uh, as far as a character background-wise, <clears throat> Bjorn is from a, an area of, of the Forgotten Realms. Oh. Yep. That's not good. Nope, the intrigue is there. It was here the whole time. The whole time. And the minute I call out on him, it goes. So he gave you. Oh, he's back. Oh, wait, there he is. You cut out, man. Oh, yeah, dude. You you hardcore disappeared. That's it. Yep. You said you were from the Forgotten Realms, and then you went there, is what happened. That's that's all I needed to do. I went. I'm jumping between planes right now. So he's a plane jump. No. Um, so from the Forgotten Realms, he, uh, his, his, his background is from the Farsi Swamp, uh, out of, the, uh, the Eastern Heartlands of Faerun. And, uh, as far as a character on the background, um, Bjorn has a distant familial path. Multiple generations grew up, uh, growing up, dying along the same kind of watery shore of the Farsi Swamp here along that Toon River. Uh, now, unbeknownst to Bjorn, uh, the same kind of like traumatic mass death kind of seems to befall this family, his family lineage, uh, over and over and over. And, and, and in some cases along the way, uh, occasional generation ends up falling into this blood hunter path. Uh, now, a descendant of this family line um, following resettlement of the same lands, uh, he unknowingly became very adept at this path due to, you know, some very unfortunate circumstances. A very mysterious lineage as he's not 
quite like he wasn't initially familiar with, but uh, unfortunately, such an encounter uh, that a, a curse that befalls his family um, definitely made for him to lean into this very well and become very adept. Um, as far as strengths and weaknesses, he's a very acrobatic character, look and feel. Uh, Bjorn's kind of like normal height, a little bit less than weight as a blood hunter. Uh, definitely leans into the what what Cody had noted as cautions for <laughs> uh, and warnings for a character. There is some. Um, uh, how did you put it? The uh, body uh, uh, body, body horror. horror. Yeah. Yes. Um, that seems to be something that is part of this particular character's uh, uh, power. They they uh, uh, from internal pain, from sacrifice, from uh, uh, mutilation. There comes power. And um, as a character, the reason why they have become or they've gotten to this area now, the memory is fuzzy. But like as a background, what what kind of leaned him into this life uh, is kind of a resentment um, as a family. When he he had a family growing up on this this swamp, um, there was a, a situation uh, where a uh, monster kind of group or what have you had come in. And his cowardice very much led to the loss of his family, his village, kind of everything. Uh, and now this regret kind of leads him to constantly relive a trauma and uh, this constant kind of fear of failing uh, themselves and by extension anyone around them. Um, but had lead, led him into this kind of blood hunter type of role. And by way of that, harboring this evil, uh, they had started kind of hunting monsters and things of the other realm um, as kind of a, a way to kind of sustain themselves and find a reason to even continue to survive. And through that, that brought them to this kind of like very weird zone, seeking out a particular trophy prize, let's say. And, um, um, and, and just kind of like to give a little bit uh, 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 visualization as far as for Bjorn's look and feel. Again, he's kind of like normal height, less than, less than ideal weight because of his own self-mutilation. But um, as far as clothing-wise, has, has an interesting thing. Um, big top hat, kind of uh, uh, goggles uh, that, that will, he'll end up wearing occasionally uh, just simply because of his, his light sensitivity. Um, when it comes to his eyes changing um, whenever he's bringing out his power. Um, not much in the way of a shirt, but a nice little overcoat and a, a, a bit um, voodoo-esque in his look and feel. Yeah, and I love that of all of those things you've just described, not to, to tip my hand too much, but just by proxy of being a humanoid and a human-like character, even with all of that shit, you're probably still maybe one of the most welcome people out of this party in this place. I have found my new home. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, don't ask about that too loud. Stroud will hear you. Yeah, I will say one, perhaps permanently, exactly. But now there is one interesting aspect of Bjorn as far as the secret kind of like harboring this, this scenario. Um, there is there's similarities with some others in this group, um, but there is an evil that he definitely holds uh, that's extremely dangerous that he has to fall and, and keep in check along himself too. Um, that we could end up learning about along the line. Yes, I think uh, there are a lot of, uh, and I appreciate your openness for those of you that have done the survey in teasing out that character secret that could come into play. There's something, uh, it, I will note, this is maybe one of the better things I have read in terms of being a DM. Uh, for anyone listening who looks to do this as an activity, uh, I can certainly share the link if you ever are interested in it. It's something called Knife Theory. 
and I appreciate all of you for certainly supplementing my knife drawer for each of your characters as we go along. I like uh, uh, I like oh, how he called yes. out. He said everyone that filled out the survey. Everyone's filled out the survey but me. Fuck yourself. Oh, don't worry, hey, Shannon. You, you, you supply me with time. a drawer full of knives every time you make a character. <laughs> we'll find them. It's, it's going to be good. To be fair, you just did yours in real time. Exactly. Like, literally, you just you literally just did everything we did. Just you answered it. And to, to 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 Cody's point, though, interestingly enough, like the cool thing about that knife, what'd you call it? Knife theory. Knife theory. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's it's not just a backstory, but there also is implication mm-hmm. of like a a weakness that can also be harnessed. Like there's there's a uniqueness to being able to establish that part of a character personality. Yeah. yeah I've read this before and I love the concept of, of knife theory. I just dropped the link in there. The gist of it being like the more knives you give the DM, yes, the more painful it's going to be. But like, as they say, there we're all secretly masochists in that yeah. way. Like as, as yeah. character creators, you want to see those characters go through some shit and hopefully my come characters out the entire. So my I mean, that's how you get living embodiment. <laughs> right. Go. Look yeah, at poor Hirani. That's how you make engaging characters. Yeah, Look exactly. at poor Hirani. Hirani is Donald probably Defiance. a prime example yeah. of knife theory. She went through hell. Yep. Came out the other side. Yep. As a Smelling Jedi. like a hell. Thanks. That's why I know I'm going to die in this one because I already had my one with Hirani. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. She, I'm not getting lucky again. Oh, don't don't I uh we've talked about it a number of times and we've joked about it in this group. I will uh, maybe let the audience know as well. I have let them know in their character surveys which we put together at courtesy of Hunter and my uh wholesale ripping it off as we do in the uh the gaming world. You take someone's good idea and you say this is mine now and put it in your memes folder Go and share it with other people later. This- Sincerest form of flattery. Go it's bots. true, yeah. and I am going to be as sincere as possible in, in thanking you for that. But one of the fun things that we put in this was not only the secret uh, that their characters have, but my last question being, are they comfortable making second and or third characters because this is a potentially <laughs> lethal campaign? And that is said with all sincerity. This is a campaign uh we just came off of Star Wars in our last large-scale endeavor in which we only had two characters run by the same person, but die or that game's version of dying to the party. Uh, we will be incredibly fortunate if two is the number we come out of in Curse of Strahd. And that I feel is like not we've been by super any... lucky in the past. So. Yeah, we, yeah, this group has and here's the thing. You have my crappy luck on the other side of the screen. So you guys <laughs> might not ever even see Strahd. You might somehow the, find your way the out Strahd of the scot free. Please, you're gonna print roll every time. Uh, yeah, no, now I'll start rolling 20s. I'll find 20s and just start throwing them out. <laughs> but this campaign is known to be incredibly lethal. And, and again, I will not, uh, I know Hunter's talked about in the past, we, we don't seek to run this game, and I certainly don't seek to run this game, as something endeavoring to kill everyone. That's not the goal. It's strictly how dice rolls and random numbers tend to go sometimes. But Curse of Strahd, uh, as a campaign, uh, reading it, in preparing for this, I will note uh, for those of you that have been in our group talking and then for those that maybe haven't been seeing it, this game is, as written, much more of a role-playing, uh, dialogue-driven adventure than it is combat. Good. So you may, for those of you that like hearing the dice rolls or us trying to do math on the fly, you may get a little less of that than you did in Star Wars. But the ed- encounters that do occur are going to hurt. 
especially, I mean, we the, the campaign's named after the guy for a reason. You kind of already know, at least going in, or at least we know outside of the campaign, the big bad in this. And he's certainly a capable character for a reason. So these in adventures that these characters undertake, yes, I don't wish to see them all go very early, but uh, we are starting at level one. Now, the adventure they will be undertaking are the first few sessions. Ooh, nice gift usage. And that's, uh, yeah, we could probably just, like, put that as the lead of every single thing. It's that very ominous smile of uh, one Strahd von Zarevich. The man's wicked. Uh, our first adventure that we'll be undertaking, starting with next week's live episode, I don't know if we'll get through the whole actual session or the whole adventure i don't think we will on that one go but it is designed for us to go from level one to level three so from the squishiest possible characters you can make to slightly less squishy compared to you know a, a swarm of rats uh which by the way may is a thing you may encounter along the way so beware they are also very lethal at level one so i'll try not to throw too many at you i'll put uh, dark souls i'm good yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> we just got out of Elder Ring. We'll be all right. Yeah. Oh, and don't worry. Uh, the, the way your characters are handled when they uh, fall to their combatants in Elden Ring and Dark Souls may find its way back to you again. And that is all I wish to say in this current moment. But this campaign is designed to be hard hitting, so I uh, I'm very excited. I know we've talked about it a bit off uh, chat or off camera, but I think this group thrives on the narrative driven side of D and D. And for me, someone who, uh, and I think every one of us has mentioned in some form or fashion hunter, I know you and I being people who have done, you know, amateur theater, you know, radio stuff, obviously for such a long time for a lot of us that have created narratives or characters or whatever it may be. I think all of us enjoy that portion of the game. And this is a campaign that will certainly steer into that skid. 100% curse of Strahd is meant to be an adventure that draws you in to your character, makes you want to live and see through the eyes of your character. Well, maybe once a strong word saying where we're going, but it has a knack for pulling you in and seeing that. So I'm really excited to see how we can incorporate that into the you know podcast realm. You know, Dawn of Defiance did a great job of it for those of us that were playing. And I think everyone did a hell of a job with their characters. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing the same play out this time around. One of the interesting things I'm, I'm I'm curious about is seeing kind of like the dynamic of the Adrian character versus Bjorn. As hearing Shannon kind of like describe that character, um, it, it seems to be like a antithesis to my own, like the whole movie star and like he so, he knows and he's confident, and, and and mine just being just this like damn near zombie eye, like, <laughs> zombie eye, like uh, definitely not a movie star. Adrian Adrian Valmont in this in this campaign is is like Greg Kinnear in Mystery Men. He's the one that everyone's got their money on. He's the one everyone's got their money on. Going like he's the monster slayer. He's the one that's going to take care of business here. So when he dies in the first episode, it's going to be a slap in the face. What I keep thinking is that you are like Valmont is the Zatanna to uh, Bjorn's Constantine. Like, yes, yeah. Exactly. Got the flash and the flare and the dozen of stuff, and Constantine's just smoking a cigarette. Like, hang on a minute. That's exactly. <laughs> I know I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> not gonna right die. There. I've already died. Like, when I die, my, my 
my other cousins come and go back to take on the cigarette. Like it's just <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna backflip into the into the fight, backflip into it, swing his whip around, kill three skeletons. Meanwhile, Kaz's character is just sitting against the wall, smoking a drag. Just <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I know Satan. I've met him. We played spades together. <laughs> you know, I just want to say for a he's moment. I know Tanner Bell out. <laughs> Damn it. What's that, Cody? <laughs> I missed that. Yeah. Oh, no, Hunter said it. <laughs> What'd you say? I said if if uh, if Bjorn is smoking cigars, Valmont's vaping. Like he's God damn it. <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> Adrian oh. juiced Valmont over here smoking on them jewels, baby. Hunter, he's he <laughs> might be the only one that can save your child. <laughs> what if he's uh oh man what was the name of that person that they had on that show with the vapes and the and the rings oh, the, of smoke the smoke the, god see, tommy smokes oh god the vape god I, yeah god. i appreciate that you think that he has like tobacco and whatever he's smoking like from his background it could just be a bunch of just like sticks that he ground up just to be, like flammable off the road <laughs> yeah whatever was there he just fucking started pulling it together like perhaps uh, some cigarettes he some cloves to smoke like some <laughs> yeah perchance per tried out some shit Cody you were perchance you were saying something about Tanner and Tanner's here now yeah Tanner's back I was gonna say my headcanon was that Tanner bailed out right after Shannon mentioned mystery men because he was so goddamn offended that movie <laughs> came up in the year of our lord 2022 Hey, I like Mystery Men. Y'all leave that alone. Seriously, that's a good movie, man. It's been so long since I've watched Mystery Men. Kel right? Mitchell was invisible, but only when no one looked at him. And no one looked at him. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, Janine Garofalo, this, this the bowler. Well, what about William H. Macy as the shoveler? He the God shoveler. gave him a gift. He shovels well. He shovels well. Shovel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a gift. God. Yeah, all right, cool. So we're revamping Curse of Strahd now. It's, it's the Curse mystery, of Mystery Man. man. <laughs> That's right, here we go. By the way, I put it in the chat, but Shannon, I'm going to tell you in case you haven't read it yet. Did, have you bought uh, Castlevania Advanced Collection? Yes. Yeah, then Konami doesn't give a fuck. Just name him Juice Belmont and be done with it. Oh, Juice would be the one I picked, too, because he's my favorite I, one other than Rick. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about this. You've used yeah. that name before. I have. Yeah. I've used if Juice. If you do, though, I have, to, I have to warn you that once Erasmus likes warms up to you, he's every time you attack, he's going to start saying the Juice is loose. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh. of, I'm thinking, I'm going to rename my character <laughs> oh, to... Oh, that would be glorious. His name's going to be Simon Trump Goku Belmont uh, Wayne. <laughs> No, and he's as strong. It's just juice for short. He's as strong as seven Jessies. <laughs> well, howdy. What are the characters' names in that that like super well known fan fiction? My immortal. What the hell are they called? I know one of you knows. Snow what I'm Queen's Ice about. Dragon. No, that was the no, uh, author. That was the actual author of Fifty yeah. Shades of Grey. Um, hang on. Anyway, this anyway. doesn't have to be on the show. I just can't think of no, oh, uh, it. Oh, the, the protagonist of My Immortal. So I don't know. I can't believe none of you have heard of My Immortal. It is this like hugely crazy, long-time popular uh, fan fiction from way back in the day. It's the cringiest thing that you've ever read. It's all about Harry Potter, only it's like the most like Mary Sue Harry Potter shit. The main character's name 
is Ebony Darkness with an uh, apostrophe yes, between the A and the N. Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven Way. And yes, her last name is Way because, of course, Gerard she's married Way. to Gerard Way, of naturally. Course. And Tanner's gone. Tanner. Are you <laughs> sure? Hold on. Hold on. Are we sure? I should have left with him. Are we sure Lindsay we didn't write this in high school? I swear <laughs> I did not write it. I stuck to Sailor Moon fan fiction and Gundam Wing Yowie. I think that person Fuck. did eventually like come out and admit as like, okay, I was the one who who wrote it. Um, but yeah, it's it's it is a real it's a real thing. It's a real. Fan I've never fiction. read any more than just like excerpts from it that people have posted, but it is exactly as cringy as it sounds. <sighs> My God, not the point. Okay. It has nothing to do with this. No, anyway. Hunter, no. Uh, but, but I can't wait for that character to meet you guys in Ravenloft. Hunter, here's the. Uh, I have the first chapter. If you want to uh, read some, no, of it here. I will not. Let's, let's, I am not in. Hi. And my let's name move on. my name is Ebony Darkness Dementia oh. Raven Way and I have long ebony cool. black I hair. Saved us. I'm very happy to have done with this. Purple can streaks. we please stop? Oh, I'm muted. Don't worry, we're good. <laughs> can, can we just move Lizzie, on? Is, Lizzie, you this must know. There's a part on it that says I'm not I'm not related to Gerard Way, but I wish I was because he's a major fucking hottie. Or did I, I only unmute him for me? I'm a vampire but my teeth are straight and white. I think they kicked me out. They kicked me out of Discord. What I want to know is what happens to the stream when he bounces out. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, right. Okay, so what That's... just what just happened there? Did you guys kick me out? I would deserve it. No, no. I muted you. No, and you just dipped. My whole screen reset. It, like I got yeah, booted. Probably because you started reading from that cursed. Text. I really do think That's that God, that is a message from God saying, for for the first time in your life, yeah. Shannon Young, you've gone too far. You just took a wreck. You took a Beatles record and rolled it in reverse. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's some time shit. The devil that's was like, "You rang." That's devil <laughs> horse time. Well, that there is. you go. All right, Cody. Oh, okay. I, I, uh, I, I, uh, I can see so the, the rest screen? of my time to Hunter. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it, Cody. You got I'm anything else? To- Are we good? No, I'm trying to think if there's really anything else to pull into other than to just remind you guys again. Next Tuesday, we will be in person playing. Yeah. At Hunter's Hunter, or, uh, undisclosed location, I keep we will be to say, having a great time. I keep wanting to say Hunter because I'm so used to being DM. Uh, Cody, I do have yeah. a question. You mentioned uh, the world before, and you mentioned how awful. What what kind of world is this? Just like give me. I know you kind of described yes. a little bit, but like for people that aren't familiar with the world, why is it so bad? Is it just nighttime all the time, or what's going on here? I mean, it's not nighttime all the time, but there's no sunlight that's really penetrating through those clouds. Uh, I'm trying to, th- and this is the thing, biggest thing I was worried about coming into this uh, this session. Oh, I didn't zero, even put you on the spot. No, no, you're okay. My concern is how much to introduce the world because a lot of the lore, at least in Curse of Strahd as written, is given to the characters piecemeal as you explore. Okay. Like, I'll just kind of, okay. to paint you guys a prime example, uh, in your first couple adventures, you don't have a map to tell you where you're going. People are going to help make the the way for you to where you're going, so, which so, sounds very railroady, and I won't try to make it that way. But that's how the initial start of the campaign goes. After there will come a point where you guys have the town map from Pokemon, and you can fly anywhere. For so, lack of a better I mean, phrase, you, so you can go you anywhere. You kind of have to railroad the beginning of most adventures anyway, because like when we started, you know, Dawn of Defiance, I basically asked you guys outright, why would you go to Selzon Station? Why right. would you be there? 
and then we went from there. Um, yeah. And then so that, you I mean, have two like, places to go. Which do you want to go to? Right. Yeah. Early on, I mean, there there's only so many sensible directions to go yeah. once you get people, you know, into into a campaign. So yeah, I mean, I, I assumed that it would be the case that okay, we all say where we are, you know, from originally. I Rasmus is from uh, Sundabar and and all these different places. Um, and then on the way to Barovia or upon arriving there that we would kind of find out more about it. But yeah, I was also a little curious about that because I, I actually don't know that much about Barovia outside of Strahd is there. It's very gloomy. That's yes. It. So the, the few things I will tease you, and again, uh, because we're all capable players, I'm sure we can we can mind wipe our characters from knowing this before we get into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The entirety of Curse of Strahd mm -hmm. occurs in a demiplane. So Barovia, Ravenloft, all as a whole, is not on the Forgotten Realm. So if you have any familiarity with D&D, &D, like the Sword Coast, you know, a lot of these, these places that people have mentioned, really anything we've done with the Star Mounts in our last campaign, those places are completely detached from Ravenloft. Ravenloft is its own offshoot. It exists as... If those of you who are watching or listening are familiar with The Good Place, yeah, uh, this exists as Strahd's Bad Place. Okay. <laughs> this is something okay. that those who craft these places, they are the dark powers. What they have in this campaign won't be very much, uh, at least as it stands. You guys may end up finding your way there. But the dark powers are a pantheon of old dark gods. Think of something comparable with a mix of gothic horror and Lovecraft. Basically, Hell. they help torment people who deserve it. Strahd has found a way through his life to deserve that, and thus he exists, and unfortunately the victims in which he has found with him exist in a detached plane to where everything is run by Strahd and hopeless. Uh, not that it's going to be a big surprise, the vast majority of characters you guys encounter in Barovia and in the Ravenloft setting are going to be very destitute, hopeless, ambitionless people. This is a realm in which people oh, exist. <laughs> Shit. You're it. You know? Well, yeah. 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 Caro, Caro, if it's always overcast and no sunlight actually makes you smile. Yeah. There's probably oh, something oh, to be Oh, never said. mind. So Chaffee. Gotcha. Yeah. God. Gotcha. Oh, All right. Cool. Wait. East Prairie? Yeah, uh, you're you're getting colder. America, warmer. Yeah, America. How we exist. It is a very and the reason it's called the demi plains of dread. This is a very dreadful place. The people that you encounter understand that Strahd runs the show, and that they are powerless to combat him. Uh, something I, I will also let you guys know that your characters will find out as things go along. You aren't the first to come here for whatever reasons it may be to try to unseat Strahd. So, but no one succeeded yet. I'm gonna so kill him. If the first few, if the first few D and D stuff and the Ghostbusters we did was kind of like the pilot episodes for something that never really got off the air or got off, you know, and then Dawn of Defiance was like a sci-fi action. Sci-fi action story. Fallout with a bang or a whimper was more of a action comedy. This is going to be straight up horror drama for the most part. Yeah. 
Well, and then, now, so, mind yeah, you, I, like I, I understand for those of you that are listening that may not know me very well, it's a very big change of pace from who I am as a person, yes, but I is. promise to do my best to execute <laughs> it as well as I can. Yes. But yeah, this yeah. is a place in which happiness doesn't really exist. Oh, and my Lord. doesn't exist. Gotcha. The most horror we've gotten into so far is like the Savage Worlds, like horrors of Perryville stuff. And even that I would call horror comedy. Yes, right. Like actually much. the first few things very we much. did, that and Ghostbusters was like our horror comedy era. Yeah. Um, Fallout, like you said, was was more of a like like action comedy. It's like an action this, comedy, this is, yeah. This is like full blown. Dawn of Defiance had a couple scary moments, but this is like actually from the get go, everything is awful. Love like, it. <laughs> Love it. Cannot wait. Yeah, the, the theme I will give you for those listening and those playing that this entire campaign is. And I, by the way, I say for those of us playing because Tanner's just completely noped the hell out. Well, he, to be we'll fair, tell- he was in a car with shitty audio, so I don't blame him. Yeah, well, we'll catch him up in post. It's fine. Uh, the the th- you just listen to this. <laughs> yeah. Hey, kids, do you want to know your Sesame Street word of the day? It's unsettled. <laughs> <laughs> the goal is to make you feel uncomfortable all the time. The time. So Alex Jones broadcasts. Oh, no. Again, we went over the trigger warnings. Not that kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> the gotcha. worried about something lurking over hell. your shoulder uncomfortable. Not the <laughs> the government's oh, coming to so turn like, the water and the frogs gay uncomfortable. Something's digital reality. Something behind your shoulder all the time. So like Matt Gates interns. God damn it. Okay, cool. Guys, it's been really fun running Curse of Strahd. I bequeath the rest of my campaign. Kaz, you're back to being forever DM. I'll see you I later. did nothing. He was never. Oh God, he left. Cody, no, please wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap Man, it up. Man, y'all on your own. <laughs> yeah, everybody's leaving. Okay, uh, Hunter, I'll I'll bequeath the wheel of the car back to you at least to wrap up this episode because uh, I'm okay. feeling I'll be taking those uh, host duties for for worse or worser for the next couple months. For months. No worries. I I'll I'll gladly do the intro and outro stuff for you. So next week again uh, will be the very first actual real sit down session of Curse of Strahd. We are playing live um, again. We may try to stream that. It might be easier than than. Uh, just straight up recording and playing later, we may do a little bit of both. So keep an eye at on uh, our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash podzilla1985 for details on that. On the website too, podzilla1985.com, where you can go back and listen to all of the episodes of PZ85 plays, including all of the Fallout Adventure with a Bang or a Whimper, all of the Dawn of Defiance stuff that we we mentioned if you've got you know several hundred hours uh, to do that and all the other episodes of everything that's going on, including, uh, tomorrow yes. night, Shannon, a brand new episode of pro wrestling. Unscripted. Oh my God. And Hunter, I can't, so I, I can't be more excited about this. Just as a quick preview, things I really want to talk about. Vince McMahon, Cody, you know about this Vince McMahon. Oh yeah. Is this close to just being gone according to the internet in the same way that Donald Trump was this close to being kicked right. out multiple times. Absolutely. But he's we'll this be, close when he's really this close. We'll be talking about that. This close. Hunter, one of the more interesting things that has happened over the weekend. I don't know if you saw this. Did you see the house show match between Liv Morgan and Natalia Neidhart? No, I did not. So, uh, quick spoiler, and we're going to talk about it tomorrow. Liv Morgan hit. It's a three-way match between those two and Ronda Rousey. Liv Morgan hits her finisher, the Oblivion, pins her, and as soon as she pins her, uh, Natalie gets right back up. 
looks her in the face, points at her, says some things, and then rolls out of the ring and storms off. Speculation running wild on why this happened. It was completely no-selling her finisher. Everything is weird. We're going to talk about it. And just Liv Morgan in general, her merchandise sales are through the roof. She looks like a big star. I'm so happy. And even more coming tomorrow on PW. Yes, Thursday, it's Podzilla it's, uh, 1985 After Dark, PZ85 After Dark. I'll get it right in a minute. Lindsay. Um, where there yeah. will be many things, including a new list. From you Lindsay. got a new list? Not yet. I'm going to work on it tomorrow. Top five Gundams, go. I don't know that you uh, can name five Gundams. The big no, robot one. That's yeah, right. Are we talking uh, series or are we talking the actual suits? Cause the, the actual suits. Gundams. Suits. Cody, I, Cody, are you a Gundam fan? <laughs> I am. So I bought, do you have a PS4? I forget. Yes. So there is a game. It's on sale right now on PS4. It's I cannot tell you the title because it's really long, but it's it's the arcade game straight out of Japan. I just bought it tonight. It's on sale for twenty bucks. It is a two on two Gundam fighter, three D fighter, featuring a hundred and eighty three mobile suits over the course of the entire Gundam Wing or Gundam series, including Lindsay, That's all cool. the good ones from Wing. G Gundam. What about G Gundam? Oh, yeah. Yes. They're in there. I'll show you a little mermaid? bit later. I wanted to have Mermaid Gundam. It does have Mermaid and Noble Gundam, <laughs> which was really cool. Yes. So, that's an interesting one. Sorry. That's all I want to say. Yeah, I just saw it. It's as you would expect, just real quick for those of you at home. Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme versus Maxa Boost on. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Friday night. It's horse time. Saturday. <laughs> there it is. All right, uh, guys, until next week, as always, thank you for joining us. Cody takes the reins for PZ85 Plays, The Curse of Stride. But until then, for uh, the absent Tanner, for Lindsay, for uh, Kaz, for Shannon, and of course, for your DM, Cody Sandusky, I'm Double H. Cody, take us out. Don't look behind you. The freaks come out at night.